You're listening to the Flip Houses Like a Girl podcast, where we educate, empower, and celebrate everyday women who are facing their fears, juggling family and business, embracing their awesomeness, and wholeheartedly chasing their dream of flipping houses. Each episode delivers honest-to-goodness tools, tips, and strategies you can implement today to get closer to your first or next successful house flip. Here's your spiky-haired, breakfast taco-loving host, house-flipping coach, Debbie DeBeery. Hey there. Thanks so much for hanging out with us today. So this episode is a little bit different because it's not necessarily her first flip that we debrief. It is her third flip. It's her first flip with us inside our program, but it's her third flip overall. And the conversation's a little bit different. So we talk about, first of all, new kids on the block, because why wouldn't we? Um, Then we also talk about the feeling of worthiness when it comes to making a profit on these projects, particularly when they are big numbers, right? And we also talk about the impact of messaging as kids, right? Like the things that we heard. And then we talk about the projects that are currently on her plate. So this is a great episode. You're going to love Karen. She's awesome. So let's just go ahead and jump into her introducing herself. My story, I grew up in a very small town. Um, My graduating class was like 98 kids, but I ended up getting a basketball scholarship um, full boat to Iona College. Um, So I went to school in um, New Rochelle, New York. And after that, I got a job. My first job was right on Wall Street. I don't even know how that happens, but I I survived. Um, Yeah, so I worked. I worked in New York for a while and then I just kind of got sick of, I wasn't, I wasn't saving any money, could not save money. Okay. So I just was like, I love the city, but I need something else. Yeah. So then I moved out to Denver. Um, one of my friends from college were out there. So I went to Denver, got my master's in education, um, and started teaching English as a second language. I loved that job. Then I got married. My husband was playing overseas. So I was going back and forth between um, Denver and Europe. So I've lived in France, Germany, Switzerland. We did that for a couple of years. So I had that cultural experience. Yeah. And um, obviously, but I found myself checking out designs over there, like their interior designs. Oh, so inspirational. I'm sure. What an awesome, awesome experience to get to see all that. Yeah. So I didn't even realize that was happening while it was happening. <laughs> yep. But I finally was like, you know, I need to, I need to get a job. So I came back and I um, started teaching sixth grade social studies. And I also coached a girls varsity basketball coach for um, team for six years. And while that was all going on, you know, I was dabbling in real estate. And just recently, that's when I just went, I'm like, I got, I got to, I, I need to do this. I need to stop just dabbling. I just need to go full speed ahead. Yeah. Started in 2008 and I just randomly drove by a house in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. And I somehow got into that house that day and convinced my parents to back me on the renovations. And I ended up, um, 
renovating it from the like everything. I'm, it might as well have been a new house, even though it was historical. But um, I held it for 10 years and rented it to pay off all the equity. But at that time, I was living in Europe, too, and I um, was starting to teach. So it just worked out. Holding it for that long was a great choice for me. Um, but then I sold it and I've taken that money and started doing more flips. So that's how I got my back. When did you sell it? I sold it in 2016. Oh, nice. You had eight nice years of run up. Yeah. 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 So I did really well with that. Um, so I've taken that money and just kind of put it into each property, but I also, um, got into rentals because I was living, my husband played professional basketball over in Europe. So coming back and finding short-term rentals was really hard, especially furnished. So we ended up buying a three unit, which I live across from now, but, um, yeah, so I've had that for about 10 years now. And then we live, this is funny. The current house I live in was actually rehabbed by um, New Kids on the Block. <laughs> Wait, I'm sorry. What? Yeah. So Jonathan is into real estate. And at the closing, they were like, oh, I'm really sorry. Jonathan can't make the closing. He's on tour. But I thought he meant they meant military tour. And then I started putting all the pieces together. And I was like running around my new house like a, yeah, like a teenage girl, like, Whoa! my husband was fairly annoyed but that oh my god that is hilarious yeah so for for me it was joey it was joey mcintyre for me yes i just went to a concert actually friday last friday so so funny but i'm friends with the contractor so he's been like you know every he did a project up the road from us so i would walk by and stalk him essentially and try to figure out how this worked so he gave me advice but we're still in touch but anyways I have a three unit I have a four unit um I have a condo in Dorchester Mass and I just finished my first real successful flip in out of Rye New Hampshire why don't you walk us through how you found this one um well my strategy so far because of teaching and having other responsibilities. I strictly have been using the MLS. Uh So I um, check Redfin and um, realtor.com as well as the updates my realtor sends me daily, like morning, sometimes at lunch and night. And I really started to pinpoint um, areas where, you know, obviously houses were selling pretty quickly. And then I would also track the days on the market. So this particular house sacked last summer and I, I just kept watching it and watching it until um, the price kept dropping and dropping. So I was like, okay, it's time to go check this one out. And I don't live far from it. So I would drive by it and, you know, keep going back to look at the pictures to see how much work it really needed. But um, I just do a lot of tracking on the MLS. Um, So I found it and I, uh, it, it dropped in price. So what I did was I went in and viewed it, but I put my cards on the fact that it was going to need um, a new septic system because the septic, the septic system was an older retired teacher lived there. She must have been in her 80s. So I'm like, this house definitely needs a new system. Uh-huh. So what I did was I did my numbers and I went over asking, but I put the price of that um septic into my numbers 
So I went above asking as much as I estimated the septic system. And I was betting on nobody else putting an offer in was going to do that. They were just going to go in at asking. Right. Um, so they ended up accepting my offer. We did all the inspections and sure enough, it needed a septic. So we negotiated the price back down. Gotcha. Yeah. And I was able to, I was able to get more money off just because of plumbing and electrical and it also needed a radon system. So I was able to negotiate the price even further down. Um, at this point, because I've done all the other renovations, I kind of know what a bathroom and kitchen flooring all cost. So I, um, let's see, I went in at uh, 5.45. Okay. And I ended up closing at 5.09. So I did a lot of negotiating on the price. Wow. Nice. But that's, yeah, that's what they were at, like the ballpark they were asking. Yeah. So I just figured I would go in over asking so that my, my offer was enticing. And, you know, I, I told them that, you know, I, I would keep the integrity of the house because in that area, a lot of people come in and they just bulldoze these old houses and they build these big mansions that, and there's a, there's kind of a, traditional feel in the area the coastal new england feel yeah so i was like i just need to keep this house looking the same and um i was really proud of the interior decisions i made because this lady was a teacher and i wanted she loved blues so that's why i picked a lot of blues and i just i don't know i wanted all the feels for her yeah that's awesome did she see the finished product no she passed away no Um, way are you serious yeah but that's why it was even more important for me to keep going with the decisions I was making. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. When did you close on the purchase? I closed, when was it? So it would have been, it took about six months to renovate. So I think in November, early December. Okay. So six month renovation, I'm guessing you put a substantial amount into the renovation. Because, well, into the repairs in general, because I bet the sewer system, I mean, the septic alone was probably, how much was that? That was um, just over 20. But the other thing was, is that the house already came with, um, they, no, it did not come with the design. They got the design for me before I closed. Okay. I can't remember how I worked that one into it, but I was <laughs> like... Yeah. Yeah. So I was able to get that all sorted out. So what, what was your renovation budget going into it? Like, what were you thinking it was going to be? About 125 and it was. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That includes the the big septic, electrical, plumbing, and um, holding, holding costs. Cause I financed it through a traditional mortgage. Okay. So that's what, that's what I was going to ask. So how did you finance it through it? Oh, because you got it off the MLS. So you weren't having to do like a quick closing. Yeah. Yep. Okay. And how, so did you qualify, qualify yourself as it like being a teacher, you qualified yourself to get this loan for this property? Yeah, I had to do all of the, you know, the due diligence with the income statements, the bank statements and all that. So that's the bummer. But once you get it done, um, 
it works out. I have an awesome lender here that she does not um, penalize me for having it for such a short amount. Of time that's what I was well. going to ask. Yeah. Cause that's usually with traditional loans Yeah, because usually they, the person, the lender gets hit on that. The, the broker gets hit on that. Yes. So that was like one of my biggest concerns, but we had that discussion right out of the gate. Like, don't worry. Yeah. Oh, good. I'm so glad you had that conversation because that's when, when I realized that that was a thing, I didn't know that was a thing early on. And when I realized that was a thing, I was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I had no, I had no idea. Right. Like I didn't know. Um, okay. So you bought it for 509, you put about 125,000 into it for the repairs and carrying costs and all that jazz. Mm -hmm. And you ended up selling for 765. What did you, okay. Before when you closed on it, like in November, yeah. what were you thinking your ARV was going to be? Was it about the same? Uh, seven, no, uh-huh. 720. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So 720, which awesome. Okay. So then you obviously repool comps when you go to list. Yeah. Do you have an agent that you work closely with? Yes. Okay. Yeah. She's amazing. We make a really great team. So I'm pretty psyched. Yeah. I love to hear that. And also, um, just since we're talking about her, I don't know if you remember, I was asking the question about the commissions because I was kind of upset. Yeah. Yeah. So she ended up going with the 4%. So that's like our deal from now on. So I'm pretty psyched. Yes. That's huge. It's huge. We were able to work that out. So I was pretty psyched. Awesome. I love that. I love that. I love when it works out like that. And I mean, I was always willing to negotiate with, with clients that I worked with over and over. And I worked with investors solidly for two, almost three years. And of course, like multiple deals, repeat business. Absolutely. You're going to reward. Yeah. And I have the habit of not getting into difficult conversations. I kind of sidestep around them. So this one was awkward for me, but I I did it. And I was like, okay, thank God it worked. (laughs) I hear you. I feel the same way because we build it up to be like, it's going to be one thing. Like it's going to be so combative and they're going to be offended and then they're going to get mad at us and Oh, all this stuff. And then it, oh, yeah. none of that you happens. Two weeks to sleep. You have bags on your eyes and then you're like, exactly. Okay. We're the same person. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. So those numbers are big. What was your profit? About 85,000. That's amazing. As a teacher, right. Doing this on the side, like that's, that's huge. And mind you, I wasn't expecting that. It just happens to be how the market went. So I had to push a little to get the work done. I was starting to get get very nervous because we were getting into um, like mid June. Yeah. And I'm like, this cannot wait another week because houses are going to start getting on the market. So I pushed um, my contractor pretty hard to start getting stuff done. My husband and I do a lot of the work ourselves too. Oh, you do? do Weekends. Yeah. We do that tile. I love to tile. Um, I, you know, I painted some of the rooms. I had another friend who paints professionally. She did some of the rooms. Um, but yeah, we're very hands-on. I'm working on not being that hands-on just cause it's a, it's a lot, but, um, I don't know. It's, it's my grandfather owned a hardware store, so it's in the blood. <laughs> I get that. 
it's it's there's a fine line between it being a job though, right? Another job yeah. that requires you yeah. to be there all the time in order for things to get done. Mm-hmm. But it's also fulfilling. Like you also enjoy it. So I get that. A hundred percent. Yeah. I totally get that. Do you okay? So your husband, you said he was a professional basketball player before. What is he doing now? Yeah. He works in IT. He manages a global team in IT. Yeah. Way different than running the basketball court. So. That's cool though. That's super cool. Yeah. I know you played basketball in college, yeah. right? Yeah, I played at Iona. Um, so that's where we met and uh, never knew we'd be flipping houses together, but it works. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Okay. So you found it on the MLS. We went through the numbers. We went through how you financed it. Okay. So um, actually let's talk about the financing a little bit more. So you got a traditional loan. Um, meaning conventional financing. Yeah. And did you, were you able to finance the purchase and the renovations or how did that work? Yes. Because of that, um, the profit that I made from that rental, the rehab rental in Portsmouth, I've been kind of saving up because I just, I don't know. My dad was like, don't, don't depend on other people to finance you, so to speak. So I try to do a lot of financing myself. However, I am learning through your modules, I need to start dabbling in the hard money lenders. The only thing that is making me nervous is the timeline. I think if I wasn't teaching, I would feel more comfortable, but because I'm consumed in the classroom for a big part of the day, it just takes a little bit of stress off of me knowing I'm not pigeonholed into these dates and draws, the draw schedule too. Gotcha. So... But once um, I did ask one of the lenders that I work with, I started working with one in Maine just recently. I said, can you just look and see if I can retire from teaching? He said I had to put one more year in. So are you, are you going one more year? Yeah. Yeah. We start next week. Yep. Um, all right. So, oh, wait, the, for the, for the conventional financing, did you, so you just, did you get a loan for the purchase amount and then you financed yourself the renovation part? Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Okay. And then did you act as, I know you do some of the work yourself. You like to doing like doing tile work and some painting. Do you act as the GC or do you hire, like, are you hiring a contractor? Who's I basically am the GC GC. The um, person I worked with on this project was really good about, it was kind of like a co. So, um, but I, I am, having so I don't want to say guilt that's not the right word but I just need to make sure that I know how much I appreciate his help with the the co-ownership I guess of this um project because he didn't upcharge me at all so I'm trying to figure out at this point what I should do to kind of keep him in my circle of trust (laughs) yes it's huge it's huge having people like that when we are able to build that team around us. And sometimes people hear that and think, oh, we have to hire people. That's not, it's not hiring at all. It's, you know, aligning ourselves with other businesses, like the real estate agent that, right. That you have a good relationship with that you trust, like the, this guy, this contractor who can do some of the work and you trust him and he, he's good with the numbers that goes a long way. Like just having those people that you can rely on and that you, you can trust and you know, that they know their stuff. It's, 
it really is invaluable. I totally get that. Yeah. yeah. It makes it more fun too, because there's less stress. Oh, uh, yes. And this is the first flip that I've had that. What's your favorite part of the process? Is it, is it doing the work? Is it, or is it a combination of everything or what's your favorite start part? Start to finish. It's start to finish. Yeah. Yeah. I love teaching, but I think this is my passion. I'm just struggling with the fact that, um, I guess, you know, when you tell people you flip houses, but you're a teacher, they see you more valuable in the classroom than Mm. like flipping houses to some people feels a little artificial, but for me, it's not like when I walk into a house, like I hear you say, I get the vibes. Yeah. I truly get the vibes and I like to make sure that I um, keep the integrity of the family and the integrity of the house, but also give people a new living experience that they can also enjoy. And I really don't think there's anything wrong with that yeah. while you're making money. Right. Um, yeah. So, but that's kind of a struggle because, yeah. you know, in, in teaching you're on a, I guess, fixed income, so to speak, you know, there's no bonuses, there's no, and I'm not complaining, right? but it just feels a little strange. Like for me, this last one feels a little strange. Yeah. I guess making such a profit. Yes. So I am, um, I don't want to use the word struggle. I'm sorting it out. <laughs> not, not, not feeling guilty about being yes. successful. Yes. And, and, and accepting it and being okay with it. Like, oh my gosh, that's a whole thing. It's a whole thing of, do I deserve this? And why, yes. do, why do I deserve this? Why doesn't someone else deserve this? Does someone else deserve it more? Yeah. How do I pay back the universe for this? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I'll, it's nice to come back to, a, I remember I was at my grandparents' house. My grandmother used to get Better Homes and Gardens magazines and, and I would flip through them like nobody's business. I would be excited to get there to see what new magazine she had. Right. I love and, it. um, I was, you know, one of my family members asked, what do you want to be when you grow up? I must've been like eight or nine. And I said, I think an interior designer. And they said, Oh no, you, you can't do that. You won't make any money. You should just, you know, go finish high, you know, finish school, get your degree, get into the classroom so I, that was ingrained into my brain. So now that I am actually doing this and people are seeing that I'm successful in doing it, it's a bizarre, they're very proud of me, but it's a bizarre feeling. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's almost like I can feel them looking at me being like, I can't believe you're actually doing this. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I am. Yeah, <laughs> I am. Thank you. I told you I was. I told you when I was eight, what I was going to be doing. Exactly. (laughs) So, but it's, it's funny how, what people say when you're that young really does give an impression. So when I'm in that classroom, I make sure I tell, you know, tell my kids dream big. Oh my gosh. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. You are saying that because you might be the only person saying that to that, to that kid. I mean, really, really. Yeah. So it's huge. The messaging is huge. It's interesting what we, what words we do latch onto as kids and the one, you know, the ones we carry and, you know, 40 years later, we're like, ah, that's so weird that that's, that's the thing, right? That's the theme that stood out. And that's what I decided to carry with me and, 
make mean something. And these unwritten expectations that are put on you. So at this point, like we talked about the Rye House, um, that's very successful. Coming up, I am closing on a three unit in Elliott, Maine. Um, so that's going to be a buy and hold. I'm closing on my dream beach shack up in Biddeford, which is going to be an Airbnb. And then I'm today I'm just finishing my due diligence with a property in New York, Maine, where I'm going to, I, I haven't decided what, exactly what I'm going to do yet, but I'm buying the house in, um, there is a lot behind it that comes with it with a separate address. So I'm doing my due diligence to see if that's buildable. Nice. So if that's buildable, I'm going to do a new build yep. and rent the house while I'm building to cover the carrying costs of all of this. I'll sell the house and then, or I'll sell the new build and then I'll start working on the house. Nice. Awesome. I love it when they work out like that. But I would consider myself a jack of all trades, master at nothing, but trying to master this. (laughs) Well, I think you've mastered doing the thing, right? You've mastered doing what you say you want to do. That's pretty big. That's pretty big. Um, So congratulations on this most recent deal and the, all the things you have in the works. You're awesome. I love it. Oh, you are too. Thanks for sharing part of your journey. I think it's super inspiring and like you're super relatable. I mean, you're a freaking teacher and you're doing the thing, like you're doing this and you're doing some of the work and you're doing, you're financing it. Right. Cause that's what a lot of people say. Well, I'm a teacher. I can't do this. Nobody would ever bet on me. Well, you got to bet on yourself first and then other people will bet on you. But if you're not willing to bet on yourself, yeah, that's going to come across. Thanks for being here. I'm so glad you're here. Same. You're awesome. I'm so glad I found you. I am too. Same. I am too. I'm so glad we crossed paths and, uh, yeah, I'll see you in the group as always. Yeah. Bye Karen. <laughs> Bye. I loved it. Thank you, Karen. See, we're just everyday people doing something. We love chasing something that lights us up. So if that's something that you want to do and you're not doing it on your own, you've been sitting on the sideline for way too long and you are sick of being where you are and you're ready to make a change, right? Remember, like I said earlier, if you're not willing to bet on yourself, why would anybody else, right? So when you have a spouse that doesn't support you or a partner that doesn't support you or family members or whatever, why would they if you don't take yourself seriously, right? You have this big dream and you're not chasing it. So if you want some help, this is literally what we do day in and day out is help women start and grow house flipping businesses they love. If you want to see if we're a fit, go to herfirstflip.com and follow the instructions and we can see if we're a fit. All right. So until next time, leave people in places better than you find them and make it a great day. Bye y'all.